So today I am talking with Olivia Bean, and um, she's from Cleveland, right on the heels of a very important NBA victory. And uh, she is a chemistry major with a concentration in teaching and an education studies minor. And so we're going to be talking uh, through th or have our conversation be anchored by three main questions. And I'll be responsible for getting us through those. They are, what's most important to you? What does a liberal arts education mean to you? And um, what do you wish your professors knew about you? And so it's a gorgeous, perfect day in Maine, and we are sitting outside, so you may hear the sounds of traffic or the bells or whatever, but that's, it's too nice to be inside today, so that's what we're doing. All right, so, Olivia, what is most important to you? What's most important to me? Wow. Starting big. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I think just like being happy is important. And that like has different components to it, which like are like doing well in some things and not caring about other things, but mm. like just generally being happy. What what are some of the things that enable you to be happy? Sleep. Sleep is lovely. <laughs> um lots of like downtime, like time to spend by myself, whether it's like reading or cooking, but just like downtime downtime is important um but also like time with friends and like quality friends tell me a little bit about your friends one of the questions that I've also been adding into this um this sort of three questions I've had sort of a third or fourth question that I've been asking which <laughs> is would you describe your friend group at Bowdoin as diverse or homogenous um Diverse in certain ways, homogenous in other ways. Um, are you w willing to talk about yeah, what those are? Okay. Yeah. Um, homogenous in the sense that my friends are, my friend group is like a pretty solid group of people, and our extended friend group is like one solid group of people, and that uh -huh. is the part of campus I know. It's like huh. maybe the same hundred people that I talk to, yep. not like closely, right. but same hundred group of people, but they're like different places and have different backgrounds, different interests. How did you make your friends? Um, well, I cheated. I knew a lot of my friends before I came to Bowdoin. Um, How did you do that? <laughs> so I visited Bowdoin senior year, so I met a few people then, and I had a few people that I knew through the summer program I did all of high school, mm. so I cheated. So I had some friends already, and then a lot of my floor mates, um, and then there was a floor in the dorm next to us that we were also friends with, so some of those people also. What do you and your friends like to do when you get together? Um, lots of Netflix. That's a fun what's, activity. What's, is it uh, shows usually or movies? Shows. So uh, Grey's Anatomy is like a friend favorite. Yes. Also, all of my friends love Jane the Virgin. No one would watch it, and then everyone was watching it. It's such a good show. I've never watched it. You Should, have to would watch, I like it? You have to watch Jane the Virgin. What would I like about it? Every, Jane is just a great person, and she's hilarious. And the show, it's a spoof of a telenovela, and it's, oh. it's just great. Okay, good. You have to yeah. watch Jane the Virgin. Okay. Um, what else do we like to do in our free time? Just like sitting on the quad. It's like never nice in Maine. So once it's nice, it's like dinner outside, homework outside, everything outside. 
doing a podcast outside. outside. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's no no opportunity to be outside that's going to be... Um, none will be wasted. Yes, none will be wasted. Um, so you're here in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's mid-June. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you... If you struggle to be happy during the academic year, um, in terms of how, um, in terms of how busy you may get, or the lack of downtime mm-hmm. or time to yourself that you may have, I'm curious about that. Given how you say that your happiness really is built around having this space, yeah. During the school year, it's definitely a lot harder to be happy because it's, like, class all the time. And then being a science major, there's labs, so I spend a lot more time in class than other people do. And then I'm involved in, like, a ton of clubs, so that takes up a lot of time. So then my free time, my friends are like, oh, let's hang out. But sometimes I'm just like, no, I need to go sit in my room and just read Mm. and be alone. It's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Well, that's amazing that you know that about yourself, that you just need that time. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't know to, that it's all right to tell your yeah. friends that you need a little bit of space, mm-hmm. especially when you're living in dorms and that everyone's around all the time. Yeah. It's hard to carve out that solitude. Oh, yeah. What do you like to read? Um, well, that's the great part about summer. There's like actually time for pleasure reading. Um, I like a lot of fiction. Um, I also really like young adult novels, even though I'm almost yeah. past the age bracket. They're still just really great, and they're always yeah. so like happy and like dream world. Mm. Great. Mm-hmm. What do you like to cook when you cook? Oh, uh, I like to bake, but I also okay. like to cook. Okay. Any like carbs, just anything yes. involving carbs is really good. Pasta, cupcakes. What are you? So, what are you doing here in the summer? Um, so, the summer, I'm in charge of all of the outing clubs planning their orientation trips that first years go on. Um, so, I'm doing that um, in most of my time, which has been nice. But it's also really flexible, so it's easy to just like decide to leave early and go like read on the quad or walk downtown. Um, the other day, I went with a group of people and we went uh, whitewater kayaking. I didn't make it to the white water. It's a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice to just leave in the middle of the day and hang out. I've heard, um, and it's up to you if you decide you want to talk about this or not, but mm-hmm. I've heard um, some students of color discuss that it's hard to get engaged in outing club. Mm-hmm. And has that been true for you? Or are you part of an attempt to alter that perception, or is it something that you never experienced or perceived any barrier at all? Um, I was talking with someone about this the other day, for students in general, but like also students of color especially, Mm -hmm. even just like going in the building, there's like a certain like intimidation factor. What do you think is the source of that? I mean, part of it is like, it's something you've never done before, but then once you walk in, they're like, all these people, and there's like a certain like granola, stereotypical look that's going on, and you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing. And then, like, if a lot of people are just, like, people who spend all their time there, so they're really comfortable, and you're like, I don't know anyone, and I don't know what I'm doing. So there's, like, a big intimidation factor to get over, and it's not just the one time, it's, like, every time, because usually you're doing, everything you're doing is new, mm. so it's, like, always having to, like, get over that, I think, yeah. is a hard thing to get past. 
what has been your favorite thing to do with Adam Club? Um, I really liked cross-country skiing. It was a lot of fun. Oh. And I went downhill skiing for the first time this winter. Uh, one of my friends, um, who's, like, really good at skiing and, like, used to do competitions, like, took a group of students uh, from the Multicultural Coalition skiing, and it was really fun. So I really hope it snows a lot this winter, so I can try I downhill there were very, again. There were very few opportunities. There's not a lot down. of snow this yeah. year. I missed it entirely. Oh, I yeah. love down. I've done. I've done downhill skiing for most of my life, and I love it. But I did zero last year. I know it's not not enough snow. Um, so a little, a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. you had told me that there's no more science in your life. Mm-hmm. And well, not no more, but <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I was really surprised to hear that coming from someone who is a chemistry mm-hmm. major. And so help me understand why you said that and where that's coming from. Um, so I was like pre-med since I was like two. Like I was going to be a doctor. I was determined. Since you were two? Like every year. Do you have parents who are doctors? Is no, that... I don't. Every year for Christmas I asked for a doctor's kit even though I got one the last year. Uh, like every year until it was like okay now I was gonna say, did they give you one every did you get one every year more or less oh, wow <laughs> um and I went to the science and medicine high school so there was like always lots of science in my life and I got to Bowdoin and freshman year of science went like pretty well and then sophomore year I took bio and orgo together at the same time and it was a awful experience I hated both of the classes and I'm like oh it was just because I was taking both then the next semester I took it and I'm like oh I'm just tired so this year mm. I took biochem, and then I'm like, maybe it's not the class, maybe it's just science in general. So I've been thinking a lot about it lately, like where, where the disconnect is. And I think a lot of it has to do with science was more or less something I was just always good at, which is why I think I liked it, but not necessarily something I was like passionate about, mm. which made it so now that it's like college where like, you need to like passionate about something like continue to do it and want to excel in it it's made it a lot harder to like want to be interested in my science classes and a lot of the classes that I've liked that have been science have become have been because I like the professor the teacher Mm. the teaching style not Mm. the content who has been your favorite science professor here Mm -hmm. oh Beth Stumler she's great oh she's amazing what do you what do you like about her or her teaching oh she's just a great so she teaches chemical analysis which is like pretty boring but she like makes every attempt in the world to make this class interesting um which is really hard can I ask you what chemical analysis is basically the whole class is about how you find out how much of something is in something else that's the entirety of the class how do you do that uh, lots of instruments, lots okay. of math. Okay. Yeah. But the class is, like, very, it's very slow, but she, like, tries to make it interesting, and she also, like, just really cares about her students. Um, me and, uh, I can't think of her last name, but Alex, she was my lab partner last year, um, and we were, like, working on our project. We, like, had a malfunction, so we had to come in for another day, and it was, like, right around before Thanksgiving break, and we were both staying here, and Beth invited us over to her house for Thanksgiving dinner, but we both had plans, but, like, she does a lot of things like that, and she, like, really tries to get us excited about the subject, which is nice. cool. Yeah. So, what subjects have actually um, excited you? Uh, all my education classes have Yay. all been really fun. 
What What about the education classes engage you? Which I know that this is sort of a cheating question as an education professor <laughs> asking you that. But since you you opened the door, so I I'm going to walk through. Um, a lot of it, it's, well, it's like you can see it and like how it's applicable. Like it's like there, there's no like digging, there's no like is this real, it's like there and you can like see it in everyday life. Um, and it's something like everybody does, like everybody in America goes to school and like has some sort of like experience and those are all different and like by like taking my education classes it's been really cool to like see like what has shaped those experiences for people. Hmm. What do you think you're going to do? Because I know you're, you're do so you're taking the um, senior teaching minor mm -hmm. courses with me so you'll be um, spending a lot of time in a school next year mm -hmm. in, in the fall and learning how to um, think about teaching methods and thinking about de designing curriculum. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to become a teacher? Are you? I don't know. That's, um, I'm excited for the class to like get to know, to like see if that's mm -hmm. like really like something I want to do. But I do know I want to do something in the realm of education rather than mm. end up being teaching or research or policy or something. Yeah. I kind of love that you're going into the class just with an open mind and mm -hmm. not and not saying, well, I am I am either not going to teach or I am going to teach, but just, well, let's see what happens when I actually spend some time doing this work. Yeah, because I think it's really easy to be like, this is definitely going to work or it's definitely not, but like, there'll be some parts that I like and some parts that I don't like, and maybe I decide I like high school students better. Never know. Right, right. Hi, how are you? <laughs> um, uh, her daughter, that's, that was uh, Professor of Computer Science, uh, Dr. Lara Tomo, and her son goes to the same school my uh, daughter goes to. So we know each other from there, too. Um, so what does a liberal arts education mean to you? Oh, liberal arts. Um, I think it's about like learning not necessarily content, but like learning how to think about the world and learning to be like a better like citizen of the world, not mm -hmm. just like learning content for the sake of learning content. Do you feel like you have become a better citizen of the world? I think so. I think a lot of liberal arts is like learning to think about things and how other people are thinking about them and, like, engaging in discourse, which I think I've spent a lot of time doing mm. while I've been here. What's some of the most interesting discourse you've had with maybe in a class or with your peers? Um, hmm. Most interesting. Um, uh, so this past year, um, I was taking... Uh, what class did I take with Allison? Educating all students, uh, two two or three, and so we were talking about um, how identity plays into the classroom in regards to race, and it happened right around like the time of the tequila party, but towards the end. Mm. So um, Allison was like asking us a lot of prompting questions, but she didn't necessarily have the background that like all these things were happening, and mm. this is the time where it was like starting to hit like newspapers and like national websites mm -hmm. so there were like lots of feelings um 
So it's really interesting to see people who like weren't expecting to have to talk about it, talk about it. And um, at that point, I think a lot of people didn't want to talk about it. So it's interesting seeing like people weren't necessarily giving like thoughtful responses. It was like the first thing they were thinking about, mm. which I feel like is interesting to see when you talk to people. Like, what's yep. the first thing they say as opposed to what happens later? What was the first thing people said? Um, a lot of people. Uh, I know one guy who I had, I've had a lot of classes with him because he also does science and education. Um, but he was just like, the school is babying us, we just go to like a big boarding school. And that was his first thought. And I'm like, hmm, what does that mean? Explain. Like, do you mean yeah. like they shouldn't be doing anything about it? Or like, did you ask too that? Much? Did you ask that question? I didn't ask the question because that was like mm-hmm. right after there was an article about like personal people. So mm. I was like, let it go but that was interesting and then there were a lot of people who like had really strong opinions who I'd never like heard them talk in class before which is really interesting to see like one girl I've had so many classes here and she's pretty just indifferent about everything she's like huh that's okay and she was like really strongly like this ridiculous how is this happening again it's just really interesting to see wow people developing like strong feelings have you ever made a friend from a class yeah, I've made friends with class. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I always wonder about that, if it, if it happens or not, where I sometimes even friend matchmake in my classes <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I don't know if it actually carries over at all until, into um, the, social, the actual social realm. Yeah. Um, the, a lot of the people I set near in your class are a lot yeah. of people I'm still friends with. So really? like Marielle and Preston were both like near me in class. Yeah. And there are a lot of other people who sat nearby who I like realized I'm like good friends with. They were That's all in this so class great. together. Um, actually Marielle is someone else I want to um, She's in India right now. She is? Oh I thought she was here for the summer. No, she's in India. I'm so excited for her. What is she doing? I don't know. I just she really wanted to go to India and she got um, Oh, what's the McKean? It's one of the McKean oh, Center fellowships. Right. I think it's a Global Citizens one. Yeah. That is thrilling. Yeah, so I she's in the summer. Hear, I can't wait to hear about what it was like for her. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, oh, I wanted to go back and ask you a question, and I forgot to take my notes this time, and so now I have to see if I can remember while we're actually talking right here. Oh, no. So I guess I'll have to let it pass and maybe it will come back. Um, Oh, I was curious if you have, maybe actually, I was, well, first let me ask you, do you feel like there is sort of a wall between what your classes and your academic life is at Bowdoin and then what the rest of your life is at Bowdoin? Or is that... um, are they indistinguishable, or is there a permeable boundary? How would you describe those spheres of your experience? I think there's a pretty big wall, and there are, really? like, a few holes in the wall, yeah. but for the most part, they're very, like, separate, and it's, like, sometimes it's amazing how, like, academic worlds can be very just out of touch with what's happening in the rest of the world. Oh, so you... Okay, that's really fascinating. So I think that professors oftentimes will say these students need to carry what we're talking about or, you know, this kind mm-hmm. of the work that they're doing um, in our classes out into the mm-hmm. social sphere more and mm-hmm. continue those conversations and 
and do those, you know, do whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, more of that informed by their academic experience. Mm -hmm. But what I hear you saying is that the courses seem to be out of touch mm -hmm. from your lived experience. Yeah, I think, like, sometimes they're just, like, perfect opportunities for something, and it's just missed, and I'm just, like, baffled at how it's missed. Can you give an example um, of that? Like, uh, my SOCH class, we didn't talk about, oh, when did I take SOCH? There is some, like, big political, like, social event happening, and we didn't talk about it at all. Or, like, when, um, oh, the virus, that was in West Africa, I can't oh, think of the name of it, oh, it was really Ebola. big. It did not come up in any of my science classes, and I'm like, this is the perfect time for you to like find like a real-world example, so mm. I feel like this is useful, and it just didn't happen. So, what do you wish your professors knew about you? Um, I think... I think some professors are really good at, like, thinking big picture and, like, there are other things happening in students' lives and other things they care about, and I think other professors are very, like, this is my class, I have you for this amount of time, we're going to do this, and that's it. Mm. And I think an important part of, like, engaging with students is, like, taking the time to, like, understand that there are, like, other things going on and, like, acknowledging those in the classroom, I guess. Why? I guess, so let me be the devil's advocate for mm -hmm. a second, especially since you're about to become, mm -hmm. uh, you're working on your teaching minor. So mm -hmm. why? What's the benefit of doing that? Is it just pandering to students? That's my devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, if a student is like thinking about something else really hard the whole time, nothing you've said to them in the entirety of your hour, hour and a half has like crossed their mind. And so like, while you think your class is the most important thing, by not talking about what else is going on with the student or like with the school or with the world, you've like missed an opportunity to like engage them in your class because they're distracted. And I mean, there are like many other ways to present itself, but just like, you're like, it's so much easier to like have people who like students who want to engage in things if you're willing to like engage with them and they like feel cared about. Mm. What percentage of time have you felt cared about at Bowdoin? What percentage of time? And I guess by faculty, right? Faculty, yeah. right. By faculty, like, like a third of the time by faculty. Really? That's mm -hmm. lower than I would have expected. I think a lot of my cared about at Bowdoin comes from staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what segment of uh, staff? like housekeeping or um, well, think, dining hall or um, folks in student affairs? I think everywhere, which is really interesting. Yeah. There were like, like we had a housekeeper freshman year who like for all the holidays would like tape candy to our doors and like for Christmas she all gave us little ornaments and then I used to work in dining but all the staff like still says hi to me and um, one of the guys who works at Super Snacks like sometimes there's no grilled cheese so like make some of us grilled cheese. And then, like, the dean's office, everyone there is really nice. And there are just lots of people who are, like, always checking in and saying hello. Like, Whitney Hogan offered to buy me coffee because I looked tired the other day. Very sweet. That is very nice. <laughs> um, what, 
I just want to go back um, to your. Um, you said you had you were involved in a lot of clubs, and mm-hmm. I didn't pursue that with you. So let me go back to it. That was the thing I was trying to oh, think of okay. before. Um, so um, why don't you list out if you can all okay. the clubs you are in? Okay, and then maybe we'll find the top two or three to okay. talk about. Cool. So I lead trips with the outing club. I co-lead Fly High, which is a mentoring group on campus. Um, I'm in AFAM. I'm in um, NASA. Uh, I dance in Anoka. Um, those are the big ones. There are many other things I do. Those are the big ones. I've been narrowing it down. Good for you. <laughs> right? To, for more happiness, more, yeah. more time for yourself. So, okay, what's number one? Number one. Number one would be fly. Why? And can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Um, so we go every Friday during the school year, we go to the high school in Bath, um, and we, like, talk to the girls about different topics, so, like, how to be a fly friend, um, like, sex, bullying, like, um, how to be a woman in the world, like, different topics every mm-hmm. week. Um, and so we usually have, like, it's a pretty small group, because high school's the time where, like, everyone becomes, like, too cool to do things, like, have a mentor. Right. Um, but it's, like, a pretty small group, and so, and it's also relatively new, so the girls we've had, we've, like, had them since the beginning of Fly High, but it's, like, been, it's, like, always amazing at the end of the year to, like, see, like, how much they learned, and, like, we're actually paying attention, and, like, it's just, they're always so excited to, like, come back, and I'm just, like, always mystified that, like, they care this much. And it's just so great to see. What is one thing that you've learned while doing Fly High? Uh, one thing that I've learned. Um, how resilient, like, kids can be. Like, a lot of our girls come from, like, really, like, not hard backgrounds, but, like, not, like, easy things to deal with every day. And they're... Huh? always like really just like willing to like be at fly and like really energetic and just like really happy and just like always just like bouncing back and mm. it's just so amazing to see hmm. we may have a fire truck going past us so <laughs> number two? Um, number two. I think number two is Anoka. Will you uh, talk about what group. that is? Yeah, so um, it's a South Asian dance group um, and we perform usually. Do you, are you South Asian? I am not. Um, and so how did, what brought you to uh, being involved in a South Asian dance group? Um, one of my friends was in it and I just joined and like we had a lot of mutual friends um, and it's just like a really tight-knit group and then last year a lot of people like saw us perform and like, oh my gosh, we want to join. So then we had like another group of people. So like the old people were friends and the new people were friends. And then we like all got to be friends together. It was really cool. It's like a really just fun group to hang out with. Like uh, we had like a end of the year party where we just like played heads up the like charades yeah. game. And we were like, we're only going to do this for 30 minutes. You have to go back to studying. And we were there for like two hours. Oh it was my goodness. so much fun. Yeah. I hear so much in your... Um, description of how you've made friends and the activities you've 
you've done. Mm-hmm. I hear so much about your willingness to walk through fear mm-hmm. and the unknown and take a risk mm-hmm. and um, know, just try something, try something new and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And that some of those are your most important activities that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, were you always like that? Or have you learned, have you cultivated this? I think I've definitely cultivated that. I definitely used to be more of a like, oh, I know I can do this, I'm definitely going to do this, and that's it, because I can't do the other things. Um, but I think, like, if you always do the same thing, you should always be doing the same things and be in the same place. And I mean, the worst that, like, will happen if you, like, try something new is it doesn't go well, and then you can do it again or not do it again. I think you've learned some resilience from those girls of fly. Yeah. Thanks so much for talking to me today. Thank you. Okay. Bye.